Well, welcome again to our show, and as always, we have a fantastic guest. And just before I introduce him, I want to tell you about our sponsor, Taylor Bags. Fabulous, yummy leathers from Spain and Italy, and the designs are absolutely incredibly different. I want you to go to at shop, at shop Stephanie Taylor. That's Instagram, and her website is simply taylorbags.com. All right, here's a question for you. What's under your hood? <laughs> Prashant Asala, founder and CEO of Good Hood, I love that name, Good Hood, can tell you anything mechanically wrong with your car and fix it, and they'll come to your home. That's incredibly customer-centric, I would say. And his motto is, the best waiting room is your living room. We bring the repair shop to you. Stay tuned. Welcome to our podcast, Doing It Right. This podcast reveals authentic stories from successful leaders doing it right. It's about their journey to become a leader, their choices, motivations, and lessons. In essence, how they built successful personal brands. Your host is Valerie Sokolowski, author of eight leadership books and nationally known as an authority on executive presence and personal branding. Let's get started. Here's Valerie. So Prashant, I want to welcome you to the show, sir. Thank you for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. We're going to have a good chat. I've never spoken with someone who is a mechanic owns a company of mechanics, went to school to study mechanics, <laughs> and as a little boy studied cars that got you into mechanics. Did I get that right? Absolutely right. <laughs> I mean, often, Prashant, I will ask a guest, you know, when did your passion for what you're doing come to you? And very seldom does anyone say as a little kid playing with cars. So tell us about that. Yeah, look, uh, first of all, thank you for having me. I truly okay. appreciate it. Um, and where did the passion come from? So mm -hmm. when I was little, I was always into cars. So, you know, um, any toy with cars. And I remember, you know, when I was nine, 10, I used to like sit on my, my dad's lap and then, you know, try and like drive as best as I can. <laughs> and then my dad would let me drive in the parking lot a little bit. And that really got me excited and interested in cars. And then growing up, uh, you know, when I was in my teens, I used to research the internet and understand how cars work, how are they built, and everything around it. Hmm. Um, and I remember like talking to a professor, I was like, hey, so I really wanna go to a place where cars are built and the car capital of the world. And, um, you know, my professor said, hey, you should go to America. And I said, okay, how do I get there? And he's like, well, I would suggest that you should go to college in India, learn about mechanical engineering. So, you know, you don't get into automotive right away mm. and then go to grad school, work in the industry and then start your own company if you want. And I said, you got it. Let's he just laid it out. Exactly. Just do exactly. this one, two, three. I wish someone had done that for me. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember, you know, uh, his name was Professor Manish. And I was, I think, 14 or 15. And I said, okay, that sounds like a realistic plan. Um, and then he just helped me along the way to get into college. 
And, uh, you know, while I was in college, I tried to like work on cars as much as possible, learn everything from the internet. And as soon as I got an opportunity, um, and then I started working as a mechanic during the day for a hundred dollars a month. I played poker in the evenings to pay off my college tuition fee. Were you good? Are you good? I was good. <laughs> Not anymore, maybe. <laughs> but um, yeah. And then, you know, um, it, it was a struggle. It was a lot of hustle, a lot of struggle to compete in all resources, be it, you know, um, education, be it jobs, um, any resource, because, you know, the place that I come from, 25 million people trying for the same, you know, going after the same resources, same mm -hmm. college seats or, you know, the same jobs um, and same same resources. And um, so yeah, that really kind of um, made me really competitive in anything that I do. Um, so, yeah, that's the environment, you know, this, they, they say the environment shapes you. Mm -hmm. uh, it does. It did shape me. <laughs> really did. Yeah. So what's competitive now in your life? Um, really, the competitive nature to the business. So in any business sense, if we can get ahead um, of competitors or finding resources that would help the business in any way and that would help um, get to our mission, um, I think that's that's where competition comes from. So tell us uh, what exactly is Goodhood? What do you do? Goodhood is the Amazon Prime for your car. I like that. So you download an app, you click a couple of buttons on your phone, and the mechanic shows up at your house. Um, and, you know, the mechanic can do almost anything that you would, your car would need from an oil change to brake services to, um, you know, if you have a check engine light on your dash, um, if something's wrong, he can figure it out and fix it. Um, so it's all, it's a subscription first, um, mobile at home car repair service. So the mechanics come to you and they do everything. So that's why we say the best waiting room is your living room. <laughs> that I have, first of all, never heard of. So I don't know where your competitors are. I think you're probably it. Mm -hmm. Hope so. And secondly, I have to say as a woman, now gratefully, I have a husband who's very uh, smart about most things, mm -hmm. but I'm very fortunate. And I'm curious if the people that use your services from a gender perspective, are there as many men as women or how does that kind of balance out? You know, um, surprisingly, like you said, um, women are majority of our customers. And when we service um, women, they, they have a, a feedback that we, we, we haven't heard before. So I'll give you an example. Uh -huh. um, I remember there was a there was a nurse in Dallas um, who was on her way to the hospital, and in the morning when she when she was trying to start her car, it wouldn't start. And we sent the mechanic within the hour. The mechanic got there, replaced the battery, and she was on her way. And then after her shift, she sent flowers and she said, "Thank you. You know, you literally saved not only my day, mm -hmm. but it was a critical moment in my job." Mm -hmm. um, 
that you made a big impact. Um, so, um, you know, we not only focus on convenience, but we also focus on transparency. Um, as you would probably attest, you know, when people think of automotive repair shops, uh, they necessarily don't think of transparency or great service. Correct. Um, everybody dreads going to the repair shop and for a good reason, you know, mm -hmm. it's almost like you, you give the car and your car is a hostage kind of thing mm -hmm. where the, the repair shop would just take your car, give you a call and say, Hey, it's a lot of money now. And you have no way to find out, Hey, is that really true? Is that true. what it needs? That's right. Um, is there anything that you can give me or show me? And that's where we come in. Like, you know, with us, mechanics can show you literally like, hey, this is what's wrong. You can see it's noisy, it's broken, it's leaking, and we'll replace it. And, you know, it's all done in your comfort of your house. Um, so you can not only see what's wrong, but also get some education saying, you know, okay, you know, I'll give you some tips to drive your car safely, to save you some, um, you know, fuel cost and make your car more economical. To and your teaching as well. Exactly, yeah. So yeah, and specifically, like women really love that. They like sure. the transparency. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Prashant, if I have uh, an imported car, which I don't, but mm -hmm. I have, and oh my gosh, first of all, you mentioned transparency, and we all know that imported cars cost usually a lot more to have anything fixed. Mm -hmm. uh, do you work on imported cars as well? Yes, absolutely. Dude. We work on all year make models um, and foreign, domestic, older, newer. Um, and the reason is, you know, mechanics can work on almost every car um, and we can do 90% of all services that your car would need. Um, what kind of driver. a tool bag are you yeah, bringing? Yeah. I mean, really, do you show up in a huge big van? with? What does it look like? Yeah, so there's a van that shows up. Uh, there's tools in the van that the mechanic will use. Um, and you know, the, the, the misconception that most people have mm -hmm. is when you need something in your car, you need a lot of tools and equipment. You need fancy, you know, lifts, right? Here's the reality. 90% of everything that your car needs do not need those things. You don't have to put it up in the Exactly. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, you know, think of like simple things like an oil change, brakes, you know, something goes wrong in your car, mm -hmm. you necessarily don't need to lift it up and, you know, use fancy equipment. Um, and that's the myth that I want to, you know, convey and kind of, you know, um, let the audience know that your car is not as complicated as it seems. And, uh, you know, when you work with the right mechanic, he can do everything in your driver. So you don't have to go to a shop, which is why we exist. Mm -hmm that is customer centric <laughs> and it's hard to believe there's a company like yours and you are growing exponentially mm -hmm. when did you start here in dallas so we started a few years ago uh, we did a pilot pretty recently in dallas and we saw great customer feedback you know customers were giving us five-star reviews online uh, they were calling us and thanking us um, and then also turns out the mechanics in Dallas are amazing. They are sophisticated. Good. They understand technology. Um, they obviously are technically skilled. Um, so yeah, Dallas is our big market and we're creating jobs in Dallas. Um, you know, we have dozens of mechanics. Mm -hmm. uh, they serve thousands of customers in Dallas. 
And yeah, Dallas is is amazing. Checks all the boxes for good. us. That's good. You know, uh, Prashant, I have talked with several young men who either just choose not to go to college or don't have the wherewithal to go to college. And I've mentioned to them, do you know that there are so many really good paying roles out there <clears throat> if you look into what you're really good at? I'd never thought about mentioning mechanics. What, uh, what would you say one has to be like or have in, in their toolbox to be a good mechanic? Yeah, so great question. So as a, as a mechanic, you would wanna have basic mechanical tools um, to do basic mechanical work. Sure. Um, you gotta have basic electrical tools to check your battery, your starter, um, and also you need a really good scanner. Uh, a scanner is a computer kind of screen, a big computer screen that mm -hmm. hooks up to your um, OBD2 port underneath your steering wheel. Um, and then it, it basically scans all the computers on your car and gives you like a health report saying, here's what's right, here's what's wrong from all the computers on your car. And the mechanics are educated enough to say, okay, here's what I need to do based on what the scanner is telling me. Now, what about the person though? How does a young man say, I mean, let's say they don't grow up playing with cars and right. fascinated knowing exactly what you knew wanting to do this. Let's say they don't, they're just good at what? How would a young person say to themselves, I'm really good at X, Y, and Z, therefore maybe I'd be a good LBV. Yeah, yeah, you know, what, what, what I've seen is um, people, including mechanics who are into cars, mm -hmm. they just are, they just love cars from the beginning. Um, okay. it's, it's rare to see, not, you know, not um, as uncommon, but um, it, it's hard to find people who grow their passion with cars later in their lives um, and become mechanics. So all mechanics are, you know, so passionate about cars. You know, we, we all, community of mechanics, community of enthusiasts, automotive, we love everything with cars. So if you go into a bar, you're talking about the cars. Exactly. <laughs> Which leads me, uh, and, and forgive me for diverting here just a minute, but that triggers the story you told me, which I thought was so fascinating, about being in a bar and something very pivotal happened to you. Tell us that story. Yeah, so, you know, he, the story goes where um, my co-founder and I, Sean and I, we were at a cafe and we were working outside of the hours and on the weekends uh, when we had our full-time jobs um, we were working on the business on the side and one Saturday night um, you know I remember a friend of mine knocked on the glass door of the cafe at like midnight and we were working on our computers and they were like hey it's my birthday let's go to the bar next door and uh, I said okay well we work like you know six hours straight, uh, so let's uh, let's go to a bar and maybe an hour and then go home after. So I go to the bar and I was still in that zone, right? When I was just uh, thinking about work and what we could do. Competitive. Yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> DNA, <laughs> all right. And then I remember like, you know, I was at, I was at the, uh, the bar counter um, and then I, there was this gentleman next to me. He was, uh, you know, we started talking and we started kind of uh, talking about each other's lives 
And because I was like, you know, so thinking about work and that's all I was thinking and saying and doing, um, he, he kind of, you know, looked at me and said, wow, you, you're really into whatever is it that you're doing. And he didn't understand like automotive or mechanics, but like, you know, the concept is pretty simple. And so he said, hey, so, you know, I'm really interested, um, you know, do you need an investment? And I said, well, I have no idea. I don't he know how this came, works. Excuse me, but he just overheard and overheard and said, do you need an investment? Yeah, so we started talking. Who does that? I know. Okay. <laughs> it was really, um, you know, accidental and whatever you might want to call it. But, um, you know, we, we talked for a few hours and um, he said, you know, hey, this sounds really interesting and it sounds like you're really into this um, and you have the background, you've done it before. Um, so, you know, let me know what you need. If you need an investment, uh, I'm here for you and we can talk about it more. Um, and then after that, I remember like we, we met at another bar a week after. Let's um, go to the bars, people. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then, you know, in that week, um, I literally did a mini MBA. You know, it's like, really? hey, how does this work? And let's figure everything out as fast as possible. So I did that and slept two hours every night for seven days straight. Um, I get to that bar. The investor and learning part? Is that why yeah, you were like, sleeping? Yeah, hey, how, do how does an investment work? Oh. Um, how do the numbers work? Because at that time, like, we didn't really, it was a few years ago, mm -hmm. but we didn't really have a lot. We had one mechanic, or a couple of mechanics, and some customers. And at that time, I was going with the, like, you know, with the mm -hmm. mechanic to the customer houses, as many as, like, well, probably hundreds. Because, um, <laughs> you know, that's kind of the, the learning, you know, that's my DNA. Like, I would do literally everything myself and then kind of figure it out uh, from the bottom. So, you know, going back, we met at another bar the next week and he said, hey, so tell me how is this is all going to work? Um, how's it gonna work for you? How's it gonna work for me? And I said, okay, let's, let's grab a couple napkins. <laughs> and we wrote a couple things down and I still have those napkins. Um, and he said, I hope frame, frame it, yeah, exactly. <laughs> And then, uh, yeah, he said, wow, this is exciting. This makes sense. Um, I think you answered all my questions. Um, I'm ready to write a check. Uh, and then he wrote a $250,000 check. Um, and then he's invested ever <laughs> since after as well. Um, but yeah, that, that was the story. That's, uh, I would say, more than a story. <laughs> That's a miracle. Mm -hmm. And congratulations. That's Thank you. really, and now you're a multi million dollar company, which is just great. That story relates to something you said was one of your top takeaways in this journey. You said, understand the customer before and it related to before you're building a product, or I will say before building a service in my business. Uh, so just that customer centric and you also said which I loved Prashant it's a marathon it's not a sprint mm -hmm. so many people and audience I'm sure many of you entrepreneurs and successful leaders have had this question like well how long did it take you to become successful whatever that looks like and they're expecting an answer. They're expecting like, well, you do this and then it takes this long and you need this money. And it somewhat just happened for you. Mm -hmm. So 
how do you feel about that, just personally, just you as a person, the story you just shared? In a bar, this man overhears and says, here's a check for $250,000. How did you feel? The true answer is I felt normal because I thought it was normal. You did? But then, yeah, I thought, well, maybe this is how it works. <laughs> Yo, I didn't goodness. realize until later that this is where it doesn't happen that often. Mm -hmm. And I was just e either lucky or, you know, things just happen. Um, just happen. But yeah, like, you know, if, if I were to like summarize the way that we work and we think of um, working is taking action or overthinking. So speed over perfection, um, meaning we don't have to be perfect in the beginning. We just have to start. Once you start, then things will fall into place. And our job is to be like nimble and really flexible and obviously like have like an end goal but then the, there's ways to get there so the key thing is to not overthink too much and just start and when you start um you know you can figure out and you can find resources you can find the people who would align with your vision yeah that's a great uh, quick summary of what entrepreneur true entrepreneurship really looks like i'm just curious audience those of you who are watching and you've had an experience like this in your starting a business or climbing the ladder you be sure and make comments in the show notes on this episode because it would be interesting for prasad to hear and for me as well i also like what you said about um, asking for help and then turn around and help others yes how do you do that? The story I'm getting to there is the years or the three months that you stayed at a person's house who was a mechanic and you were there to learn. Mm -hmm. This is when you did not have the company yet. And he helped you. So take it from there. Yeah, yeah. So the story is um, even though I worked as a mechanic, you know, I understand how cars work. I didn't understand how the social behaviors work, you know, how life of a mechanic is in America. And, and I was like, you know, as much as the end customer is our customer, mm -hmm. in the beginning, the mechanic is our customer, meaning I have to solve a problem for the mechanics because if the mechanics are not willing to go to people's home, um, given everything that we can provide them, then there is no business. Um, so, you know, the first couple of things that I did was I, I figured out what is my hypothesis. So, for example, I'll give you an example. One is, you know, uh, it's a, the hypothesis was that I believe mechanics will go out to people's home and they are willing to go out to people's home, given that they'll get paid well, that everything works out. So my next job was to prove that hypothesis and prove that that is really true. And the, re the way that I did that was... I texted 15 mechanics from Craigslist. I said, hey, Jack, hey, David, uh, you know, I'm a customer and would you come to my home? I'll pay you X dollars. Um, and then 14 of 15 mechanics showed up the next day. Oh, and I was like, okay, so I proved That's the great. fact that mechanics can go out and want to and want to exactly. Yes. So they want to work. Yes. And, and let me interrupt intentionally because today, Prashant, a lot of people aren't really so wanting to go to work. So good. Exactly. That yeah. says a culture about mechanics. Yeah. And then, you know, the, the thought behind that was, what is the biggest risk 
in this business. The uh -huh. biggest risk is if mechanics don't want to go out, then there is no business. Right. If the mechanics do want to go out, then you've validated a risk. Right. So I did that and I was like, check mark. Check mark, check. <laughs> and then after that, you know, I, I had one mechanic who was, his name was David, who lived an hour away from me. And him and I got along and I said, hey, David, I really need your help. I want to live with you. If you can, I will pay rent and just put me any corner of the house. I'll sleep on the floor, whatever you want me to do. Was he married? He was married. That and was nice. uh, I got along with his family okay. very well. Um, and then, you know, the, the reason behind that was I really wanted to understand the life of mm -hmm. a mechanic. Mm -hmm. So I lived with him for close to a month. And the idea behind that was, hey, not only I want to understand your professional life, I want to understand how that marries into your personal life. And, you know, are you happy in your personal life because of your professional life? Because if there is no balance, then you're either going to get burnt out mm -hmm. or eventually, for whatever reason, this won't work because mm -hmm. if you're not happy with your professional life. So basically, you know, I did that, got a lot of learnings. And then we tweaked a lot of different things in the business model, in the business, so that we can do the best we can for the mechanics logistically, um, because they are going to people's home. They are the heroes of our business. They are the right? heroes. That's nice. And that's really important to understand, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and that's that's the mission of the company. The mission of the company is to, um, you know, solve the convenience for car ownership for a million members by 2027, uh, while making a real difference in the lives of the mechanic. Isn't that lovely? If every business had that kind of a mentality and culture. And you also said in your lessons learned, Brashant, you said, um, hire when it hurts. What does that mean? Yeah, it's, it's a little counterintuitive, uh, but we've learned from our mistakes. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that we've learned is um, hiring is not equal to growth. Meaning you don't want to hire people to mm -hmm. grow. You want to grow first, then hire for that growth. Mm -hmm. um, so you're, you should get hurt saying, hey, there's a lot to do. You know, now we should hire someone else versus, hey, let's hire someone hoping that person has enough work. Um, so that's what I mean by that. Well, that's well taken in any business. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. Especially in this environment, you know, with this oh, economy right now, um, I think, you know, going lean and trying mm -hmm. to make the most out of all your resources the best you can. I think, um, you know, that's worked for us. So this is an off the wall question. America, US, Hollywood. If you could be a character uh, star in Hollywood, who would you be and why? Mm, I think Tom Hanks from uh, Castaway. <laughs> okay. Because like he builds something from nothing um, on the beach <laughs> where he gets stranded. <laughs> this is just my first thought. <laughs> that's a great. I haven't thought. given a lot of thought. <laughs> that's why I ask it, and that's a that makes perfect sense in your in what you've shared with us. Right. Is there any question that no one else has asked in your? business about your business or about you that you'd like to share on this show yeah i think uh the, i think we, we partially covered it but i want to change the perception of mechanics in this country and what i mean by that is mm -hmm. mechanics are doctors for your car 
So I want people to recognize that mechanics are people who are highly skilled in what they do. Yes. They are really, really smart and they deserve more recognition, more appreciation socially than they have been in this country. You know, we look at doctors a certain way. Mm -hmm. We don't look at mechanics that, a certain, that way. And why is that? Um, so I really want to make a difference as much as I can so that mechanics all over the country, um, you know, the profession itself lifts up socially and we look at mechanics in a different light mm. than what we have been so far. You know, Prashad, everything you've talked about on this, um, on this show says so much about you as a person, about the culture that you're building in your company and about the fact I love that you are caring about the mechanics themselves first, knowing that if you care about those who work with you and for you, they'll care about the customer. And that was Herb Kelleher's motto when he started Southwest Airlines. It served him well, it is serving you extremely well, and I am so grateful to meet you. I'm going to download the app and here's my final question on that. So I bought my car, obviously, from a dealer who has a little thing I can call or a number <laughs> I can call. What would be the difference in calling that dealership to come help me versus you? Because we come to you. Okay, there you go. Yeah, so people can go to goodhood.auto, download the app, okay. call, and the mechanic comes to you. Um, <laughs> and you stay in your living room and just let it get fixed. How much better can it get? Right. <laughs> this has been awesome. Thank you so much. And I want you to stay a minute because I always share a last minute statement about a Valerieism. And I thought about this one based on our conversation today. And it's really simple. It's stay curious. <laughs> From the moment we talked on the phone, Prashant, you, you, mentioned things through your life that you were always curious about the car, you're curious about this, curious about... There's so much on the internet now that we can just hit go, go to AI and get all the answers. And I'm saying, no, don't do that. Use your own brain. God gave us a brain to use, not fingers to get it all from the internet. So that's my Valerieism for today. Stay curious. Until next time, stay curious. <laughs> Bye for now. Thanks for listening. To receive Valerie's voice, free monthly leadership tips, and to learn more about her leadership programs and coaching, visit her website, ValerieAndCompany.com. Next week, we'll be here again to inspire, engage, and equip you with teachable points of view from successful leaders who have been doing it right. Until then, lead authentically.